Several years ago, after my wife uh, Jennifer and I got married, uh, we found out right after our honeymoon that we would be living separately for the first year of our marriage. She had gotten accepted to medical school uh, here in Muncie in their satellite campus for IU, but I was pastoring a small little church uh, in uh, near Lafayette in Florida, Indiana. And in Carroll County, it was the uh, largest pork-producing county in the state. So there were more hogs uh, than there were people. And in a very short period of time, about two weeks, we had to get two apartments. One here, which is uh, Applegate Apartments now uh, near the university. And then I had to get an apartment uh, where I was uh, pastoring this small little church. And I hate to say it, but on weekends when uh, I would come and visit her here in Muncie, she could not keep her hands off of me. Quite honestly, it was a little bit embarrassing, Um, but, you know, I did the best that I could. As you can imagine, it was more like the other way around. But uh, Jennifer, very early on, one of the things I loved about her was she loved to cook. Uh, She was not only going to medical school, but she loved to cook and to make all kinds of dinner for us. And so typically, by the time I was done with work on Friday and I would drive to Muncie, I would get here about 7 o'clock. And uh, one day, I'll never forget, she surprised me. She had made uh, my favorite dish growing up as a kid, tuna noodle casserole that my mom used to make. And uh, she called my mom that week. She asked for the recipe, and uh, she got that. And when I walked in... Uh, She was so excited, and she said, hey, babe, I I got a surprise for you. And I was like, well, what is it? And she said, well, I'm making you tuna noodle casserole. I made it uh, your favorite that your mom made. And I was like, oh, I love you. And I went, and I gave her a big hug and kiss, and I went to the table because I was more concerned about eating than anything else. And uh, I got there and I was ready to eat my full, to do whatever I could to get all of this, maybe eat it all myself, and uh, I was going to do that. And I noticed then that as she got ready to uh, go get the casserole dish, she went to the microwave. And when she pulled it out of the microwave, I looked at her and I said, what are you doing? She said, well, I made your favorite tuna noodle casserole. I said, you don't make it in a microwave. You make it the way my mom did in the oven. And all of a sudden, my beautiful bride became Bridezilla. And she started going off, and she took the casserole. She dropped it on the table, and that was it. And you know what? That is the last time that she has ever made me tuna noodle casserole. And on that night, she became my enemy and I became her enemy and an enemy was invited to our table. I want to ask you this morning, have you ever had a loved one who has become your enemy? Maybe just for a day, maybe for a week, maybe for a month, maybe for some of you, it's been years. Do you have an enemy in your life today? Is there someone at work? Is there someone in your neighborhood? 
Is there an ex-friend? Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's a kid. Maybe it is one of your siblings. Maybe your enemy is an ex-spouse. And there's something within all of us, every single person on the stream and everyone here in the balcony and on the main floor, that each one of us have had the experience of having an enemy. Now, over the past few weeks, we've been looking at the most popular kind of chapter in the Bible, Psalm 23. And David writes this psalm. He is the greatest king uh, of the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible. But before he was a king, he was actually a teenage shepherd boy. And every single day as he was becoming this shepherd, he was around sheep. And eventually the day came where he had his own flock of sheep, just bah, bah, all day long. And one day, as he's watching all of these sheep, he has this marvelous thought, and he writes it down, and this is what he says. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then we come to verse 5. And the one that I want us to really focus in on today, and it's this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You, God, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I do not get real excited about this idea of God preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I mean, I just don't like it. In fact, uh, I'm okay with the first four verses that we've dealt with so far, but this one I'm not excited about. In fact, have you ever done this before? You're reading the Bible and you read something and you're like, I don't really like that. I'd like a different version. And then you want to scratch something out or you want to do something different with it. And this is what I would do with this passage. I would change it. I would want it to say this. I'm going to prepare a table before you, Chris, in my presence, and I'm going to smoke your enemies. I mean, I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to get rid of them. They're not going to be around anymore. Bye-bye, enemies. And it's just going to be you and me. And we're going to be connected together. That's the way that I would do the translation. I mean, God, I want you to prepare a table in my presence. But God says, no, 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 no. I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Right in the middle of the challenge, right in the middle of the battle, right in the middle of the struggle, right in the middle of someone stabbing you in the back, right in the middle of you being undermined by someone else, right in the middle of an attack coming your way, right in the middle of a threat that is on the horizon, I'm going to prepare a table for you in that moment. I'm going to do it in the middle of all of it. Now... 
As you might have noticed uh, during this whole time, uh, there is a table here, and it's actually a table for two. And the good shepherd, the God of the universe, is on one stool, and I'm at the other. And there's this connection that we have together. And this relationship is exactly that. This is not about some far-off God. This is not about religion. This is about the God of the universe who invites you to a table, and he says, sit down, and then he gives to us like this amazing kind of gift of food. Do you see this? How good this is? We have all kinds of stuff here. Um, Like one thing that I really like, and I'm so grateful to God, is bananas. Like bananas are potassium that give us strength. And I love me some bananas. I mean, I can eat bananas for a long, long time, people. And what else is on here? Well, look at that. Strawberry. I like strawberries. Mmm. This is really good. I like strawberries. You like strawberries? Mm. Hey, I'm kind of getting thirsty. Jesus, you want some water? Here you go. There's some water for you. Some water for me. You didn't know you were coming to church today just to watch me eat, huh? Well, God prepares this table for us And it's amazing. And what you need to know is that in David's day, someone who would prepare a table like this would give a huge, amazing, powerful gift to someone. Because in the Middle East at that particular time, there was this arid climate. It was very desert. And the greatest act that you could give to someone else was to create a table for them and to invite them to your table. And now all of a sudden... David realizes that there is this huge gift that the shepherd gives. He, he gives us a place at the table. It's, it's ourselves and the God of the universe, and we get a chance to eat together. And David says that the shepherd is saying, I have prepared this table, this huge spread for you in the midst of your wilderness, in the midst of your desert, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your enemies, in the presence of your enemies, in the pressure of all the life that you're struggling with, in the midst of all that pressure. And it leads us to our big idea this morning, and this is your first fill-in, either in your program or on the app, and it says... It's not always God's shortcut to get rid of the pressure, but it's always his plan to prepare a table for you in the midst of the pressure. Let me say that again. It's not always God's shortcut to get rid of the pressure, but it's always his plan to prepare a table before you in the midst of the pressure. Now, I know what is true about every single one of you on the stream and every single person here and myself as well. When we get pressure, when we are surrounded by enemies, what we want to say immediately is, God, get rid of the pressure. Whatever you have to do, get 
rid of the pressure. But God's saying, I really need you to experience something that only pressure will actually give understanding to it. I really need you to see something today, and I need the pressure for you to be able to actually get it. So, what does he do? He says, there is a table that is here. And I'm going to sit at the table, and you're going to sit at the table, and we're going to be fine. And I'm going to prepare something that is amazing for you. Like, look at this. We got some cheese, some crackers. I like cheese and crackers. Mmm, that's good. And what else? Oh, we got grapes here. You buy one grape. You want a grape? Here, have a grape. <laughs> you know, like grapes too. And uh, he says, "You're invited to this table. You're welcomed at this table." But here's the problem for a lot of us: we have a great God, a good God. But many times we're more concerned with what's at the table than who's at the table. What's most important, folks, is not what's at the table, even though this is very, very impressive, this spread of food. But what is most important is who's at the table. And for some of you, you go through your life and what you're most concerned is about what's at the table then who's at the table? I need you to know that the God of the universe is at the table. And he has prepared this for you. Not in absence of your enemies, but in the presence of your enemies. Right in the midst of us. And the problem is, folks, is every single one of us here has an enemy. And I'm not talking about your small case enemies. I'm talking about the capital E enemy. In fact, Jesus said these words. He said, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Scripture says this. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. This is what he does. He prowls around. He prowls around. Where did he prowl around first? He prowled around first in the Garden of Eden. Remember that? Adam and Eve are there, and he is prowling around. The night before Jesus is arrested, he is prowling around. And guess what? He's prowling around today. And the problem isn't, though, so much that he's prowling around. The problem is, is that he wants to sit at your table. He wants to sit at your table. And if you are not careful, if you're not in God's word, reading the Bible, if you're not praying, if you're not connected to a small group, we got group connect today at noon. If you're not in a group in some way, then what will happen is before long, he will have a seat at your table. You see, folks, on tuna noodle casserole night, this is what happened. We invited 
someone to the table who wasn't there before, but we invited an enemy to the table. And when I sat down on that day, all of a sudden I started hearing some words like, can you believe the way she just treated you? She is so arrogant to think that she's the only one who knows how to make this. Your mom made this for 40 years. And now she can do it in a microwave? I mean, you don't deserve this, Chris. What is going on? Chris, you don't deserve this. You don't deserve this right now. And all of a sudden, there was someone at the table other than just God and me. But now I had invited the enemy. I mean, who does she think she is? I mean, who does she think she is? That she would think she made it the correct way. And you're sitting there and you're having a meal with the God of the universe. And just like that, folks, just like that, in just a few seconds, everything can change. Every single thing can turn. It's that fast. You know, folks, he can find a way in between you and your wife. He can find a way in between you and your spouse. He can find a way in between you and your parents. He can find a way in between you and your kids. He can find a way even between you and yourself. He can find a way between you and God. And in just a second, just like that, He is sitting at your table, and he is eating your food. Now, some of you are there, and you're like, well, he's not at my table. Well, he might be. And you might ask, well, how do I know that? Well, how would you know? Well, if all of a sudden you start hearing some of these soundtracks in your mind, like, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it this time. You are not going to make it this time. If you're hearing that, he is at your table. Because the truth is, folks, is that the good shepherd never says those kind of words. He he never says those kind of thoughts. Because your shepherd, folks, this is important for you to know, He doesn't lead you to the valley. That's what the evil one does. He leads you through the valley. The good shepherd is not leading you to the valley. He is going to lead you through the valley. And your shepherd is not going to tell you today, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. The good shepherd is constantly saying, I am with you. I am for you. You're going to make it through this. Maybe some of you have learned this before. That sometimes where the enemy comes is that he compares you to someone else. And then you start thinking, well, they do have it better than me. There's another table that's better than me. Like, for example, I've got this chicken. And I like chicken. I mean, chicken's good. But the person that's right over there, 
They have filet mignon. They have a porterhouse. They have some kind of big steak. I'm drinking water. And they're drinking this high dollar wine. And all of a sudden, in our mind, we start comparing ourselves to someone else. Or have you ever done this before? Your relationship isn't going so great. You look at somebody else's relationship and you're like, oh my gosh, they're always laughing and fun and they always post things on Facebook and it's so nice. And like our relationship, ugh, I wish I had that. The enemy is at your table. Jesus said these words, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. When he sits at the table, he says, am I enough? And many times we're like, no, no, we're not. And then the evil one comes and says, well, let me show you something better. And you should try that out. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But look at what Jesus goes on to say. I have come that they may have life and they would have it to the full. I am the, what's the next two words? Good shepherd. Jesus actually goes back and he's like, oh, I'm going to go all the way back to Psalm 23 to David and I'm going to pull this out because that's where the shepherd was mentioned. And Jesus reaches back and he says, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. If you have heard, you're not going to make it, then the devil's at your table. If you've heard there is something better at another table, then the devil is at your table. Also, recently, if some of you have been listening to this voice, you're not good enough. You are not good enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. I mean, God would never do a backflip for me And if you've heard that voice, I'm telling you that the devil is at your table. But the shepherd on the opposite said, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So what is he saying today? He's saying today that I love you. That I'm for you. That you are a treasure. You are more important to me than anything else. And I have invited you to this table. Just you and me. To connect. To know each other. To realize who we are. That there is this relationship that we have. And I have prepared this for you. And it's not about what's at the table. It's who's at the table. And Jesus is like, I am here. I'm the good shepherd. I'm at the table. And God is so good that he gives us all kinds of good food, all kinds of good things for us to enjoy as he invites us to the table. One last phrase that the evil one often tries to do 
to gain some access to the table is this. Everybody's against you. Everybody's against you. Your whole family's against you. Your whole work is against you. The deck is stacked against you. For those of you that are students, all of your team is against you. Or if you're a singer, all of those in the choir are against you. Or everyone who's in the theater club is against you. Your whole life, people are against you. People have been against you. It's that kind of mindset that the enemy is trying to say to you so that he can have a seat at the table. Now, once you buy into that lie, folks that everyone is against me, what happens? You and I, then we get defensive, don't we? And we get clenched fist, and we get angry and upset, and some of you have been walking through your life recently with clenched fist. You're always looking at over your shoulder, not trusting people. You're not sleeping very well at night because you're trying to figure out How to defeat your enemies, to keep your enemies away. And folks, this is what I need you to know. Jesus is not about clenched fists. He is about open hands. He's about welcoming you to a table. He says, you're welcome to come here and to sit, and I will prepare this for you. Not with clenched fists but with an open hand that says you're welcome. Now, the truth is, though, some of you are sitting there today and you're like, but Chris, I really do have an enemy right now. I mean, there is somebody in my life who has really become an enemy or there's a thought process. There's an enemy in my life. And if that's you, I get it. I understand because I've been there too. That church that I pastored when I was two hours away from my wife in the first year, we had an organist and a pianist. And we had great music. I was just concerned that we needed to have music that might connect with some people who were younger as well because the average age of the church was 70 years old. And so I invited some of the musicians to come together. I introduced some songs. They're like, oh, that's great. And everyone was on board except one organist. And she got mad and she left the church, but she did not leave quietly. And when she left, she told everyone that I was a dictator and a tyrant. And there was all of this stuff. And I was stabbing people in the back. And I was not kind to anyone. And there were all of these lies that were portrayed about me. And All of a sudden, I felt attacked. Have you ever felt attacked before? Do you feel attacked maybe today by someone? And when the attack was going on, when that happens to you, what you want to do is you want to reach out to somebody else and you want to be able to talk to them. The problem that I had is that Everybody knew everybody in this town and I couldn't tell anyone because if I did, it would get back to the organist and things would blow up even more than what it was. And so one day I just started venting to God and I was like, God, this is not fair. I don't deserve this. I'm in my 20s. She's in her 40s and she's acting like this and I don't deserve it, God. And I was planning for God's response to be something like this. I totally get it and I'm with you. That lady is cray cray 
Like, she has lost it. I get, I get it for sure. I'm with you. I'm not for her. And I'm going to smite her. I am going to wipe her out. But he didn't say that. Instead, I just got this prompting in my spirit, not audibly, but in my spirit that said, don't let the enemy steal your joy. Don't give a seat to the enemy. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. And folks, today I want to encourage you with something, and that is that God has invited you to a table, just you and him. Just the two of you with this amazing spread of all kinds of food that he gives to you all kinds of blessings. And the reality is, is that for some of you, you need to take back your table. He says, I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. But the reality is some of you don't realize you have authority to actually take this particular chair, the chair of the enemy... And to be able to say, you are not welcomed at the table. You are no longer welcomed at the table. You no longer have a seat at this table. This table is just for me and the God of the universe. And what is most important is who's at the table, not what he gives to me. And so you can leave right now because you're not invited anymore. And this is what you can take with you. You get rid of your fear, take fear away. Go ahead, take your hurt away. Take your temptations away. Whatever it is that you're trying to fill in my mind, I want it to go now. You do not have a seat at the table. Don't give a seat to the enemy at your table. Don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Because today, what we need to realize is that when we lock our eyes with the good shepherd, he is present with us. And that is all that is needed. And that even in the midst of the enemies that may be around us, He says, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies and you have the authority in the name of Jesus Christ and through the power of the Holy Spirit to say, you no longer have a seat at this table. Just imagine what your life would be like. Just imagine what your family would be like. Just imagine what your marriage might be like or relationships in your life. Just imagine what the church would be like, what the community would be like if regularly, daily, we said, I'm not going to give the enemy a seat at the table. I'm not going to give the enemy a seat at the table. I'm not going to give the enemy a seat at the table. I am not going to give the seat at the table, but I am going to allow the good shepherd to guide me each and every day. And he welcomes you to the table today and he invites you to walk with him.
Let's pray. Loving God, we ask right now that you would come by your Holy Spirit and you would work in our minds right now within our thought life. And as you're opening yourself up to God, not trying to think about anything else, what you have next to do or what's later on in the day, but just where you're at right now, I want to ask you a question. And the question is this. Is there an enemy at your table? Is there an enemy at your table? I mean, is there some kind of tension or struggle right now between you and your wife, between you and your kids, between you and somebody else? Like, what is it? Is there an enemy at your table? Maybe for some of you right now, you're dealing with an addiction right now. No one else knows, but you know, and you're struggling with that. And that enemy is at your table. There's a temptation that you're facing right now. There's an enemy at your table. And for some of you, you might just be like, you know what? I'm human, God, but, but I just can't do this anymore. I'm only human. And I need you to step in, God, and for you to work and move in a way that I don't see. I need your help, God. I need your strength to get over this. And if there is an enemy at your table, no eyes open, but if there's an enemy at your table right now and you need help from God, the God of the universe, I invite you to just raise your hand. Say, God, I'm going through something right now. There's an enemy at my table. Uh, God, I need your help. Just lift your hand up. Say, God, I need this help right now. You can put your hand down. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for people who are honest enough to be able to say, there is an enemy at the table right now. God, give them the power and the authority right now to be able to say, you do not have a seat at the table. You don't have a seat at my table anymore. God, thank you so much for each person who raised a hand today. Uh, allow them to know, God, that you are with them, that you are for them. You're so grateful for their honesty and that you will help them. You'll give the strength they need to not continue to give in to the temptation or to go down with wrong desires, but you will place within them new soundtracks, new thoughts in their mind that come directly and only from you. Help us, God, as a people to be submitted to you and to help you in such a way, for you to help us in such a way that we would know that the good shepherd is always at the table, even in the presence of our enemies. Now, for some of you, you have never given your life to Christ. You, you've never invited the good shepherd to the table. And the reason is, is because the enemy has been at your table for far too long. But today is the day in which you could say, I, I'm done, I can't do it anymore. You know, Jesus left heaven to come to earth to prepare a table for you so that all of your sins would be forgiven, everything would be taken away, 
And there was this exchange that took place. He took on all of your sin, all of your guilt, everything from your past. And he said, you are welcome to the table now. And it's just you and me. Everything else is set free. And three days later, he rose from the dead to say, there will be a day in which there will be a great table that you will be invited to, not just here on earth, but for all eternity. And today, if you're ready to say, I want that kind of relationship. I want to invite him to the table. I want to invite him into my life. I need his love. I need his grace. I need his newness in my life. Then I'm going to invite you in a prayer. And it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together as a family in unity. And so I invite you right now to just simply close your eyes and to be reminded that there is a good shepherd who loves you and to repeat this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I surrender to you. Be the Lord of my life and be my Savior. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit so I can serve you every day of my life. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.